You're listening to the Carry On Friends Podcast, Episode 67. Welcome to the Carry On Friends Podcast, where you'll be inspired and empowered to do amazing things in your personal lives, career, business, and community. With your host, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. I'm super excited about this episode. The guest of this episode is Dr. Claire Nelson, whom I met at the Haiti Tech Summit. Um, There's probably going to be a trend. A lot of my guests after are probably going to be from the Haiti Tech Summit, but they are amazing people. Dr. Nelson is phenomenal. She's a great speaker, so passionate. And um, I can't wait for you to listen to the episode I don't want to give away everything, but um, we are still celebrating Caribbean Heritage Month, and which is why it is important that Dr. Nelson is on the show. Oh, and I should tell you, there's a little bit of background noise more than usual, and I hope you don't mind it too much. So I will not keep you waiting any longer. Here is my interview with Dr. Claire Nelson. Hello, Dr. Nelson. Thank you for being on the Carry On Friends podcast. I am so excited that you're on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's um, Carry On Friends. I am a friend now, I hope. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I met Dr. Nelson while I was at the Haiti Tech Summit, and she is just so amazing. She is um, spitfire passionate about the Caribbean. And um, so, Dr. Nelson, why don't you tell the audience some of your background because you have so many things happening. So, <laughs> well, I think the most pertinent thing here, audience needs to know right now, that I'm founder and president of the Institute of Caribbean Studies, and I'm architect and engineer of the campaign, which has led to us having June be National Caribbean American Heritage Month. Yay. Now, notice the Caribbean American Heritage Month because. It's also not just for people of my generation who came as immigrants, but it's also for people of your generation and below who are also born here. And it's very, and this is why I'm so excited to be on this podcast because we really want to get the next generation of leaders engaged in what we're doing. ICS is 23 years old. I started when I was a young Turk, like you are, <laughs> trying to trying to make a difference, um, along with some of my friends who were annoyed that the old people had basically shut us out of decision-making. Yes. I have pledged that I will not do that to any young person ever, ever, ever. So I am literally gravitating, looking for, searching with the headlights for people like yourself who are in a generation of leaders who are willing to step up to the plate and help us continue to build our beloved community. So I'm really excited about what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited, guys. You hear the passion coming through when she was on her panel. I tell you, it was one of the most lively panels because she she had to, to move forward in the seat and grab the mic and talk because she's just really passionate. So being the architect or one of the architects of Caribbean Heritage Month to celebrate, you know, our culture and history, what are some of the things you, you, you said that you want more of us as a younger generational leaders? leaders for what per se because then well well, our prime interest is our prime interest as an organization is to advance the well-being and welfare of caribbean peoples everywhere 
So as U.S. peoples, we have tended to remain focused on our own personal interests and our own economic well-being. We're not so much focused on our collective well-being as a community of people, of immigrants, etc. And one of the issues has always been this sort of um, emotional negativity around immigrants of color in particular coming to this country. We continue to face this. And so for us, it has always been how do we help educate the Caribbean American people to understand American democracy and to decide to follow the leadership of people like Shirley Chisholm, people like Mervyn Diamond, people like Colin Paul, and basically stay claim on this ground, we pay taxes. And so what has happened as we have aged, that the, uh, our generation now has kind of been aging out and we're missing the next generation of people like yourself, the millennials, who have slightly different concerns, but nonetheless have the concern to ensure that American democracy remains hospitable to everyone and all immigrants. And so our issues are everything, U.S. foreign policy, which right now is being governed by H.R. 4939, a law that was signed into place by President Obama last year. And then on the domestic side, of course, we're looking at issues of affordable health is a main issue for us because um, and small business development, because our real focus is economic development through social inclusion. And so we expect that with the future of jobs and work being what it is, we would certainly like to ensure that as we have opened the table and opened a space for Caribbean American Voice on Capitol Hill with our, um, this is going to be our 19th annual forum on the Hill, as well as our White House briefings. And we're still hoping to have a briefing next, not next week, but the week after with the Trump administration, if that goes off. We are really basically saying, no matter who is in power or what's happening, we want to ensure that we're not locked out from the decision-making table. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because, you know, what you are saying, the reason why the Caribbean, um, the Institute was started was because you, you at that time felt locked out by the older generation. So you are actively looking to partner with the younger generation now. So there is one, a transfer of knowledge, um, some mentorship as, you know, there's a passing of the guard. Exactly. One of the things I'm excited about is that, for example, for Cabot American Heritage Month, I have personally mentored at least six people into forming organizations around the country. Mm -hmm. um, last year, we got with Mar Marlon Kirby, Kirby, a young lawyer, um, to start the group out in Chicago, and he's going to be doing his second year of events for Cabot American Heritage Month. We now also have a group in Las Vegas and one in Arizona. But again, some of those people are more in my age group. I'm trying to make sure that even they, as young leaders, quote-unquote, young, quote-unquote, are, are, are very active engaging their nieces, nephews, <laughs> young people in college. Because at the end of the day, if we don't transfer the space that I have created, people like yourself will have to start over from scratch. And that's a total waste of time. Yes, yes, yes. So, all right. so, so you've laid out the, the the goal and what you're looking for so what are some of the areas that you you could pinpoint right now where you need you know this is the call for leadership so what are some of the the regions or areas that you're looking for leaders the young leaders to kind of step up to the plate reach out to you connect with me so we can continue to advance you know the initiative of the organization yeah but first of all we want to certainly make sure that new york is fully engaged there's a huge community in new york um from Bronx to queens to brooklyn um to manhattan um and then to upstate new york we don't i'm sure there are people who were born there or went to school there who have remained upstate new york and we want to make sure that new york is fully engaged so when we're speaking to people on the hill about new york state being 
a center or a hub for Caribbean American interests, we have more young people on the table um, talking about those issues. For moving further north, we would like to have um, people, we know a huge center for Haitian Americans in Massachusetts and Boston. Mm -hmm. We want to find where the young people in that group. We'd have some, a couple of people we're working with, over 50 like myself, but where are the 30-year-olds and the 20-plus-year-olds who are, we know are in college? I know this because I was invited to speak um, as up in MIT many years ago, and there are many Caribbean Students Associations there. Where there are Caribbean Associates, Student Associations that are active, there normally are young professionals that remain in that area. So how are they engaged? I don't see them being active with the national organizations because many times, quite frankly, they feel frustrated. Old people, they're not listening to them. They can't bother, so they go off and they start things, which is fantastic that you're starting things. But if you start things and you're just out there by yourself, you're not just like any other business. You're not going to necessarily survive beyond your personal interest for two years. And we know right now a lot of young people don't have the stickativity to be around for 23 years like I have with my craziness and this organization. So, so there is that. Same thing for the people in Florida. We have quite a few older leaders in Florida, but I have not met any recent like, young people saying, look, we want to do an event in Florida for Caribbean American Heritage Month. We were born here. We're Caribbean people. We're American people. And we really want to take this, what our parents have built, and move it forward. And that is for every state, but especially New York State, Boston area, Florida. And I should put in place also Michigan region and North Carolina, which I think, I know there must be Caribbean people who have gone to school there who have remained, but we don't have any activity at all in either Michigan or um, North Carolina. So we want to make sure that by the next election, we have, our real goal is to have about 150 leaders that are part of this alliance of, I call it, alliance of the willing to put aside our personal egos for the greater good that we can call on each other when, when needed to advance our collective agenda. That is awesome. And I tell you, Caribbean people are everywhere because I lived in Wisconsin for a while and there were a lot of Caribbean people within the... Yes, who went to school there? Who went to school in their state? Yes, yes. And when Indiana, you... I, went to, I myself went to school in Indiana. I'm sure there are a few hidden there. Yeah, yeah. And when you think of it, you know, um, Chicago is the next big city and there is also a lot of Caribbean people in the Chicago area. So it really... Right really makes sense for you know that region i'm so happy that he stepped up to the plate of like what do i do and no he calls me auntie claire too what do i do auntie claire i said listen man here's what you do you're a lawyer you simply do this 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 all right uncle what next <laughs> so i'm really excited and it just brings me so much personal joy when i see somebody said oh, i got my first proclamation it's a feel of accomplishment and then you too can begin to understand how the American democracy works. You know, there's different levels of engagement from marching in the street to actually helping to craft policy. We are more the help us, let us craft policy type of group. I'm coming from my own background as an engineer and a development expert, very much into policy and programs and all those things. Which I know many young people are doing some great work in terms of their own initiatives to start NGOs or start social entrepreneurial projects to promote, you know, healing or jobs or whatever, science, technology, education here in America and in the region. As a matter of fact, I want to bring to your attention, it's too late for this year, but hopefully some people might be able to attend the fact that we're having on the 23rd of June. First of all, next week we're having several events in Washington, D.C. Hopefully some people can attend. We're having our um, security um, forum at the IDB and at the Senate with Senator Marco Rubio. 
And on Thursday, the 22nd, we're having uh, roundtable dialogues all day, working with um, Congresswoman Yvette Clark, Maxine Waters, Stacey Plaskett, Barbara Lee, who are longtime supporters of our work, as well as they're also members of the Congressional Caribbean Caucus. And we're excited that this year they're actually going to be putting on a reception in their honor as well. And the 23rd, though, is the day for the youth, the young forum, what we call Ignite Caribbean Forum on the Future. And we'll be honoring 30 under 30 Caribbean American nationals who are doing um, great things as young people, 30 under 30. And in fact, that's how I met Christine last year, because she wanted people to be honored. So I was just excited to be in her hemisphere and be like a satellite of her own star. It was really exciting. Yes. Uh, so this year on the 23rd on Friday at IDB, we will have the ceremony in the morning. And then again, we will allow young people who have projects to pitch, pitch social entrepreneurial projects or other business projects to have an opportunity to practice and hear feedback from people who are, you know, willing to give them feedback. But more importantly, what we're trying to do is to kind of begin to impress upon the IDB that um, the Caribbean American young entrepreneurs, both social and otherwise, who may need space as the bank continues to reinvent itself and rethink how will it engage um, the Caribbean de development agenda in new and exciting ways. So this is an opportunity for us to get some young voices out there and help open the door for them and also help mentor them to um, to be heard. So this is a, uh, we still have op openness for people who have exciting projects to pitch um, at this event. Not that we're going to offer any, um, any funding, but we offer an opportunity to be heard and to be introduced to people that could actually make a difference in their lives. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, because I know here in New York, uh, I know several cultural entrepreneurs. The biggest that I know of is um, Shelley Worrell with Caribbean. And um, there are other, you know, different groups that might have activities. So it's, it's a matter of communicating whatever activities are happening within the Caribbean Heritage Month or if activities are happening outside of the month with the Institute of Caribbean Studies. So one, there is, um, you are aware of activities and as, you know, discussions with IDB, you know, they, they are aware that it's not stagnant. There is activity and you are able to communicate that, you know, this is what's happening in New York. These groups are here. Exactly, exactly. Oh, we see our role as a national convener and the hub of all things Caribbean when it comes to policy agenda. And so for Cabinet American Heritage Month, we really have been trying to build out this network hub and spoke process where we send out everybody's events, as long as it's not just a wet t-shirt, dance or party, we're not interested in that. But if it's something that has to do with either social inclusion or economic inclusion or economic progress, yes, we're going to send that out and depending on the relationship, it can even become an official event of the month. So it depends on what relationship the group wants to have with us. We don't force ourselves on people. Right, we think as a, as a alliance of the able and a question of the willing, uh, who actually understand there is strength in numbers, there's strength in gathering together and honoring each other as leaders. This is not the time and place for a crab in the barrel mentality that I am the only leader. You know, there's no other big don in this place. Um, yes, there by virtue of being the first in the space, I do occupy. I personally do occupy a particular place in history right now, to be quite frank, as the person who helped craft the bill that led to the resolution being passed for Caribbean American Heritage Month. But that being said, 
a, a flock of birds has a leader in front and that person falls back and it comes up. That's how the flock continues to make its journey across time and space to where it has to rest and nest and then come back. So for me as a leader and trying to be a transformational leader, it is very important that this idea of an alliance of leaders who honor and respect each other, our strengths and our weaknesses and build each other up is very critical. I have, I myself have been through the, the mill when it comes to people who still are operating from a 20th century paradigm that says only one person can lead, only one person is Zidane. That paradigm of leadership is dead. It cannot hold into the 21st century and the future that we must create together. Mm-hmm. We, all of us, are in peril. Beyond the carbon agenda, as people, as the homo sapiens sapiens, we're approaching homo deus. We're approaching a human species that can create death for ourselves and destruct it in a hundred ways. Your generation is the one that's going to help us save us from ourselves. And so to extend that, the lessons that I have learned working in the Washington, D.C. policies as a leader, both within my professional life and my community life, it behoves me to find people like yourself and pass on what I know, help build you up so you can help carry us on as opposed to having things scatter and die when I'm no longer willing or able to continue this work okay. at this level. So I'm really excited about the Haiti Tech Summit for me was awesome. I was just like, oh my God, I'm in heaven. All these young people who are doing great things. Yes. Great. Yes. And you know, this is a personal note. Sometimes old people are not willing to let go because they don't have anything if they know, and it's very frightening. So what I have done as a leader to prepare myself to kind of step off this stage, and I'm not, not, not that I'm leaving tomorrow, but I'm already thinking about it. In my other life, I'm actually a performer and an actress and a Miss Lou character and a cousin Tara. <laughs> so I'm done, ready with my one-woman show, take to the road and go to Ali Oda. That is why I'm in Ali Oda right now, hanging out with my people from That Ali is so Miss Lou-ish. <laughs> to begin to clear my way so I don't feel like I have to hold on to this thing forever and not make space for the next generation of leaders to come in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About it. And I'm saying this so even young leaders who may not be spiritually there, what I found in the Haiti Tech Summit, I was so delighted, a sense of givingness. I didn't sense a lot of snarkiness among people. I sense that most of the young women there were really honestly um, paying tribute and homage to each other. They didn't feel lessened by the other's person's shine and brilliance. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's a very good place to be. Yeah. Because growing up in my era, I have not always had that kind of support from many of the leaders around me. And so seeing you give that to each other for me was very important. It was it was really an experience to be like, wow, I felt like I dropped into this like secret society of women and everyone was like, oh, this is what you do. And it was like real admiration because one, in a way, we were all discovering each other. It wasn't it it was like, wow, we exist and we are so amazed that we exist and we exist in these places doing different things. So I completely feel you on that. So two things before we wrap it up. You mentioned that um, coming up on the hill will be the discussion on the H.R. four nine three nine. What what give me just a brief background on what that is and the importance of that. Okay, well, for the first time, the U.S. has a law that basically says, it was passed by both houses last year that says the State Department and AID must present to the, to the administration a multi-year strategic plan 
for how they will engage the Caribbean region. For many years, we have felt left out as bigger countries and more quote-unquote important countries, Israel, Egypt, the Middle East, Syria, it's all the foreign attention, foreign policy attention. And the bill also says, and it should engage the diaspora. So after 19 years of doing events on the Hill, we're not about to let this opportunity pass us. So we at ICS convened some leaders, we wrote a paper with even the five issues that are on discussion, diplomacy, security, economic development, education, and health. And so we presented this white paper in a forum with the State Department in March, and now in June, we intend to present that to the Congress people and senators who hopefully will come by. We already have had confirmation from Marco Rubio's office that he will come by our event on the 21st, and we have had confirmation from Maxine Waters, Congresswoman Lee, Stacey Plaskett, and Barbara that they will pass through our event at some time on on 22nd. We're also planning for those people who attend our event on the Hill all day to do what we call advocacy lobby meetings by going to the office of, offices of the congressperson to now present, hey, we need budget. As you all have heard, the budget is being slashed and burned. But it's not over until the fat lady, which is Congress, sings. So we want to make sure that the Congress people hear from us and what we don't understand as Caribbean people, how important it is to make that call to your congressperson, make that call to your senator, and show up when we have these lobby days as Caribbean Americans to say to your congressperson or your senator, hey, I'm in your district, I vote, and I really want you to vote a budget that allows the State Department or AID to fund these programs to ensure that we are a secure region. One big issue for us will be security. We all know about the rising crime in the region, due in large part to the terrorists and trafficking through the region to come to America. And our police forces and security forces just do not have the, the weapon power to compete with cartels that are outclassing them at every level in terms of money to spend on weaponry. This is on the table. Cyber security will be on the table. We have secured a very important speaker from Europe who actually runs Cyberpol in Europe, as well as Francis Forbes, who runs the Caribbean Regional Security Program out of Trinidad. He actually is a Jamaican, but based in Trinidad, that will be coming to talk about how do they see a future that is more secure and what needs to happen in terms of U.S. support to the region and partnership with the regionals, police forces, security forces, to ensure we can deal with the, for example, increasing engagement of young Trinidadian Muslims in the terrorist um, pattern of life. How do we treat with that? How do we ensure that not so many young people feel hopeless and want to take on drugs and crime as a way of life? So that's a critical bedrock for us. But then put on top of that, the trade agenda, the energy security agenda, the health agenda, and education agenda, and especially workforce development, as you know, in the future, where we are looking at in 10 to 15 years, artificial intelligence being so powerful that people are talking about the singularity, um, where, where, where the speed and ability of computers to learn and be self-taught will surpass humans. Now, that's a very frightening thing, and obviously opportunity for another conversation. Yeah, yeah. But, when, but when, when I, as a founder of ICS Design Projects, unfortunately, I have a very fertile imagination, and I, I'm a systems thinker. So I do think about how everything, as we used to say in Jamaica, is everything. I didn't understand it then, but now I do. Everything is really everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is everything. Everything is everything, everything. sister. So I go Rastaman and say, yes. you understand the Rastaman then, 
But now when we understand that we're living in a planet with finite boundaries mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that we know literally we cannot live beyond. And so issues like climate change. Yes, the president has ex- 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 expunged the U.S. per se government supposedly from climate change accords. But that does not mean that we cannot as people enforce it by making sure that the private sector does what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Right. It's still up to us to decide should plastic should carbon etc be used we still have that role and responsibility and power as consumers mm-hmm. to engage and we can certainly engage also at the state level yeah. so how do we educate more of us to understand the way the system works right mm-hmm. and of course there are the social boundaries beyond which we don't want to fall behind right. we don't want to return to an era of slavery we don't want to return to an era of child trafficking and labor that really demeans humans how do we ensure that more people around the world, not just the people in America only, people around the world in Caribbean, Africa, Asia, are not demeaned by interests that want to keep people living and thinking yes. and working yes. like animals? How do we, as humans who have a higher vision for humanity, um, engage and move that forward? And so I believe that Caribbean Americans and Caribbean people in general have always been at the forefront of social change and transformation, right? Yes. From the Haitian revolution to Queen Nanny of the Maroons that led the Maroons to rebellion and resistance and success against the British back in the um, 1800s and 1700s, right? So we've always been a people that have championed change and transformation. I call us some of the spiritual warriors for human growth and development, human spiritual growth and development. And I want us to continue to take up that role and responsibility and usher a new era of human prosperity into existence. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Nelson, because you're going to be on the show because we have so much to talk about when it comes to entrepreneurship too. But, you know, for this for, for, for based on this, where the call is really for generational leaders, you know, I'm, I'm in the tail end of the Gen Xers, but also the millennials to, to, to kind of reach out and connect with you to, to, to start initiatives in the, the areas that you mentioned. How can, you know, people listening to the show get in touch with you? Okay. So our email address is um, icsdc.org at gmail.com. Our website is CaribbeanAmericanMonth.org. So if you go to CaribbeanAmericanMonth.org, you'll find all the other websites and email addresses as well. So that might be the easiest one to remember. CaribbeanAmericanMonth.org. And they can also call 202-634-0680. All right. Thank you, Dr. Nelson, for your time. I know that you're preparing for a heavy schedule a week ahead. So, you know, thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to you being on the show again. I know we'll talk and catch up after this. So, um, again, just thank you. And as I like to say at the end of the show, I'm going to know you're going to love this. Everybody, walk good. Yes, and carry on, friends. Yes. (laughs) Wicked. Wicked. Wheel again. Never mind me, I'm crazy. Okay, bye folks. Bye. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. For a recap of this episode and other great articles, please visit the blog at www.carryonfriends.com. That's C-A-R-R-Y-O-N-F-R-I-E-N-D-S.com. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean-American experience, produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday, 
And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at carryonfriends.com.